0: The CBDCs and de-dollarization and inflation, all of these have one common solution, which is Bitcoin. It's becoming mainstream. There's banks and hedge funds that are starting to invest in it. They're trying to put out a Bitcoin ETF. And essentially, this is a decentralized currency.
1: Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Hi, great to wealth listeners. If you own and manage real estate, maybe you're ready for a lifestyle change. By selling your real estate, of course you may have to pay substantial capital gain taxes. One option that may help you solve this is to learn about doing a 1031 tax-deferred real estate exchange. Because you may be able to defer all of the capital gain taxes and you could even exchange into a replacement property that may allow you to get rid of all of the headaches that are involved with being an active landlord. My friend, Ray Druitt, is a managing director with Bangurter Financial Services, and his goal is to help you understand all of the rules associated with 1031 exchanges. To learn more, you may call him directly at 801-312-9482. Once again, it's 801-312-9482, or you may visit his website at 1031.bangertorfinancial.com/slash. 1031 guy. Please be sure to see disclosures in the show notes. Welcome back, my great to Earth listeners. Today I have a very interesting guest for you. I know a lot of us have migrated, or I guess everyone in this country has migrated at some point or the other, some generations from somewhere else, physical migration. And we thought that we'll bring somebody who's actually built a whole offering around really understanding what America is all about, where it's heading, and how do you actually pursue liberty, happiness, what this country stands for. So the guy's name is John Bush. John, how are you, buddy?
0: I'm great. Thanks so much for having me today.
1: Yeah. Thank you for coming over. I know we're going to have a very interesting conversation. I just want to put a lens behind what this conversation is going to be about so that listeners can draw more value from it. What we really want you to do is keep an open mind today. I've never asked you to keep an open mind, but today's episode, I want you to keep an open mind. And here's why. Because we're trying to debunk what's happening in the current market. You can take it as an opinion. You can take it as a fact. Just keep an open mind. As our mentor, Robert Kiyosaki, always says there's three sides of the coin. There's a head, there's a tail, and there's an edge. You always want to be on the edge so you can see what the head is about and you can say what the tail is about and make an informed decision. And that's really what this episode is going to come about. If you hear something, don't turn it off. Just stay with it. Keep that perspective in your head at the end of it, if you hate it, let me know. If you love it, let me know. Whatever. We're pretty open with feedback and all that stuff. You guys know that all. So that's really how I want you to approach today's session. With that said, John, why don't you tell the listeners, people who don't know about you, a little bit about what you do?
0: Okay. So I do a whole lot of stuff. I'm a father. I have a homestead, but I'm an entrepreneur is probably my key focus. And we have a company called Live Free Academy. We help people to create greater freedom, prosperity and community in their lives. About 20 years ago, I came to realize there's something very, very wrong in this country and in this world. There's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of centralization of power. And I recognize that really freedom's the answer to so many different questions. So I started activism, did a lot of political activism, trying to push back on surveillance and the police state. More recently i've focused on creating alternative institutions right so the banking system is having all sorts of issues the dollar is being eroded away its value is being stripped away through money printing so you know we focus on bitcoin and alternative currencies the food supply is very vulnerable and there's a lot of fake food out there so we're encouraging people to grow organic and get their meat from local ranchers for example so really we're trying to help decentralize people's lives and help people tap into their true power, get out of this whole reactionary paradigm and create a life in alignment with their values. So that's the main love business that. that we do, Live Free Academy.
1: Thank you, Josh. I love what you do because I think part of that is about this show was created on the premise that we want to give people more freedom. Right? Mm-hmm. I think the question that we need to answer is freedom from what, right? Because a lot of the immigrants have left their countries to build a better life. So I think you and I were talking just before we hit regarding build a better life for who, for you or for someone else, And These are Mm -hmm. the questions we really want to challenge our listeners today with. So before we go into all the interesting stuff, John, when you hear the word migrate to wealth, what does that mean to you?
0: Well, it's, I guess if someone's migrating, and it doesn't have to be from one country to another, you could move from one industry to another Mm -hmm. or leave your corporate job and pursue entrepreneurship or migrate away from a, legacy investment and move into Mm -hmm. something that's more in your control. But I think about somebody that's maybe frustrated with their current setup, their status quo, and they're looking to move to something else. And of course, the wealth piece, You know, I define wealth as the ability to do what you want in life, to get Mm -hmm. what you need and want with grace and with ease. It's not necessarily about having ones and zeros in your bank account. Although the more choices you have, the more freedom you have So money definitely plays a big role in it, but it's also a lot to do with your network. The people that you know, there's immense Mm -hmm. wealth to be had in being connected to other successful people. Your network is your net worth, so to speak. When I think about migrate to wealth, I think about people that are leaving something, they're dissatisfied and moving to something that's better.
1: I love that. You actually hit the core essence there of the show. That's exactly what the show is about. Not physical migration. It's about moving from one point A to point B. And hopefully in the direction that you want intentionally rather than life kicking around, right? for sure. With that said, John, help us understand the trigger point. You mentioned that 20 years ago, you realized the world was not what you wanted it to be. And there were forces that were beyond your comprehension at that point. Of course, since then, you've built a lot of intentionality about understanding it. Mm -hmm. What triggered that thought? Do you remember?
0: You encourage your listeners to have an open mind. It was actually 9-11, what took place September 11th, Mm. 2001. In 2002, I caught a documentary on cable access here in Austin. And that documentary shared an alternative perspective about what took place that day. It talked about uh, prior knowledge, people getting tipped off to leave the World Trade Center towers, talked a lot about the possibility of controlled demolition, and there's all sorts of Mm -hmm. physical evidence that would lead to that. I don't know how many people these days subscribe to that, but back in 2002 is definitely a difficult thing to share with people. There's been more evidence that's been released, more information, like Building 7, for example, World Trade Center, Building 7, It wasn't hit by a plane. It was a 47-story building. It collapsed like seven hours later into its own footprint. So that was something that was like, whoa, here we see on TV all this fear, all this fear, and everybody's pointing their energy at Osama bin Laden. And there's all sorts of things, if you just dig a little bit beneath the surface, that don't really add up. So that got me kind of questioning what i hear on the news mm-hmm. having some mistrust in official government narratives and that led down a rabbit hole to explore organizations like the council on foreign relations a trilateral commission the bilderberg group and it turns out there's very influential very powerful people in business media government academia that are basically influencing world events and many of their desired outcomes is to create greater centralization of power Now, this is the latest iteration of this, which has a lot to do with the economy and the way things are going. And if you understand the Great Reset, that's the World Economic Forum's effort to reshape civilization, reshape the relationship between individuals and government, and most definitely reshape business, economies, capitalism as we know it, you can really kind of predict where things are going because these Mm -hmm. people have such influence that a lot of their plans really do come to fruition. So, that's the life that I've been following, learning about this, but not just learning for the sake of learning or sharing with people. It's like, what can we do to protect ourselves? What can we do to protect our wealth? What can we do to protect our family from a lot of really treacherous stuff that's going on behind the scenes?
1: I didn't expect that answer, but thank you being honest about that answer because we did uh-huh. ask. I knew where this episode could lead into. That's why I'm asking people to keep an open mind. Take everything we're saying at the face value for now. After that, you can send me a hate mail. That's okay. Argo research,
0: what it is that we're sharing, because there's... Argo
1: research, correct, correct.
0: Open mind is important. You can't just believe anything. Completely.
1: So let me ask this. You said they a lot, right? That there are powers to be who are trying to control and to a certain extent alter the world's narrative that people are hearing. So who is they here?
0: Sure, sure. That's a great question too, because a lot of people are like the new world Mm -hmm. order or they, and it's just some like ephemeral thing, but... Mm -hmm. If I were to identify an individual and an organization that has immense influence on world events today, governments, corporations, I would point to Klaus Schwab. This is a gentleman that founded the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum is a group of elite business people, oligarchs, billionaires, media personalities, people that... Hold roles in government and they meet every year in Davos, Switzerland. And essentially, what they meet about is like, what can we do to shift the world? And their most recent plan is what's called the Great Reset. After COVID 19, they say that this created a great opportunity to radically transform the future. And, you know, when it comes to things that your audience focuses on, they want to shift away from capitalism, which is a system of private individuals shareholders board of directors business owners and founders that they run a business in order to produce profit to build wealth but of course in doing so you have to provide value to your clients this isn't necessarily a bad system it's a very good system that's lifted many many people up out of poverty and it's one of the reasons why a lot of people come to this country because we have a much freer market than other Mm -hmm. places although it's not perfect. They wanna shift away from that model towards what they call stakeholder capitalism. It's all part of this great reset agenda. The fourth industrial revolution is another piece which would have like a lot of surveillance, a lot of artificial intelligence. They wanna merge biology and technology, but the stakeholder capitalism concept would remove the primary benefactors of a corporation or a company being the shareholders, the people that own the company, and it would be everyone that has a stake in the company. So the community surrounding the business, and this all makes sense, right? It all sounds Mm -hmm. good. But they say the climate and the planet is also a stakeholder. Now, don't get me wrong. Mm. There's tons of stuff that people are doing to harm the earth, right? But this whole anthropogenic climate change, carbon tax limit industry all this stuff a lot of it has to do with control we're seeing now a shift where there's talk of climate lockdowns in certain areas the world economic forum is also wanting people to have a personal carbon allowance so your family your household can only output a certain amount of carbon into the atmosphere and then once you've outputted that amount you can either buy more carbon credits or perhaps you can't purchase a plane (laughs) ticket to go visit your grandmother whatever so One of the reasons why this is really important, of course, is because you can kind of see where things are going and navigate around it. But for people that are playing the markets, for people that are in business, for people that are trying to produce wealth, it's definitely beneficial to be understanding of these plans. Because like I said, a lot of these people are in very influential positions of power. And a lot of the stuff that they say they want to happen does, in fact, come to fruition. So if you're aware of that, you can move your pieces on the chessboard in a way so as not to be affected as much by all this crazy stuff going yeah, on. Yeah,
1: John, there's so much to unpack. So I do want to ask one thing. Right? So, I mean, of course, there are highly sophisticated investors who are already plugged into the narrative that they're hearing, and they know sure. how to parse it out, right? But let's talk about common person who actually left. We'll talk about India because I'm from India. off left oh. India about 10, 15 years ago. They came here to work hard, work hard, work hard. They're doing their nine to 10, which is more than 12 hours of job every day. And they just want to come home. They just want to invest the money. And they're like, I don't care. Right? So let's talk about why should one care? The stakeholder uh, capitalism, the centralization. The core of it is they're trying to pull the power away from common people. So why is that a negative? Why is that a positive? Are there anything that, or is it neutral? Let's dig a little bit deeper because I think most people don't actually understand what centralization does.
0: Okay, sure, sure. That's a great question. So there's this principle of subsidiarity. This is what the Catholic Church promotes in like having the local church have more power, so to speak. It's this idea of Mm -hmm. subsidiarity. And essentially it holds that the most ideal scenario is where power is distributed to the lowest common level, right? Which is Mm -hmm. the people. And I strongly believe that humanity thrives economies grow civilizations prosper when their power is distributed and decentralized essentially that means people are able to make choices as far as what benefits them and when you have a financial system people show those choices by what they purchase. Right. Why is something valuable? I want to work hard so I can earn money so I can give my family a nice home so we can go on a nice vacation so we can have yeah. money in case there's a health problem. Right. And so this gets perverted. It gets discombobulated. It gets all screwed up when the power gets centralized, especially financial power. And now you have central planning. And you have decision makers that aren't the individuals in a marketplace making decisions based on what they find to be best for them and their family. You have bureaucrats or you have non governmental organizations. Now, There's a beautiful thing that takes place even within the United States where someone moves away from California or New York, for example, because the government is becoming too overbearing. There's too many taxes there's too many regulations when trying to start a business. The gas is way too expensive. Gasoline. And they move to a place like Texas or Florida. Right. So it gives us choice when there's decentralization of power. Just the same. Someone moves from India or South America or wherever to seek greater freedom in the United States. But the challenge is with these non-governmental organizations and with institutions like the united nations or the bank of international settlements which is like a central bank of central banks they are attempting to create one-size-fits-all policies they have big mega corporations big tech on board with this as well so it's always a challenge to see this in the present moment too because it's like a frog in the boiling pot where there's slow gradual societal changes although Much of this accelerated immensely after COVID-19. But the problem is with these architects for more globalism and greater, larger global institutions, like the European Union, for example, it takes away the freedom of choice. It takes away people's ability to vote with their feet, which is precisely what many people in your podcast audience have done. So it's very concerning for people because here we are trying to create a better life for ourselves, recognizing that perhaps where we grew up where we were born and raised it's not an optimal environment for success i want to work hard i want to own the fruits of my labor and i want to leave a legacy for my children right we moved to another country like america but unfortunately there's people you know there's patriotic politicians and they're like america first let's create prosperity for the American people. And there's other politicians that essentially are part of this global effort to reshape government, reshape capitalism. And the more centralization you have, the less choice that we have. And all of a sudden it creates an environment where the big cities like San Francisco and New York city, that's the default for everywhere. And the more power these institutions have it even makes it to where they're implementing a lot of the same policies in just about every single country on the planet, as we saw with the response to COVID-19. Oh, yeah.
1: I love this conversation because <laughs> I live in this world. Because I think it's important for us to know where where we're heading. And we may not head there. We may head somewhere completely different. But it's important to so, have a perspective on where we're potentially headed, right? So when you pass out, John, and it's such a deep topic and rich topic, I don't think we'll do it justice with that in, in just a 40-minute episode. We'll do the extent we can, and then we'll probably have to bring you back on on maybe a webinar or something, and we'll talk about that later on. But when we look at what's the biggest threat right now, right? as you look at in the next decade or two decades, because beyond that, it's hard for people to plan. Right? So when we're the audience, if they want to say that, hey, you know what, this is John's perspective, if we don't change something, This is where the world is heading towards in the next few decades. And then the next topic we'll go from there is, if that reality is true, if somebody believes that reality to be true and the probability of that happening to be high, what can they do to address that?
0: Okay, great. Yeah, sure. There's two things that come to mind. One is the dollar, the United States dollar losing its status as a global reserve currency. I believe that will be extremely detrimental, especially to people that earn a living with dollars and especially with people that are parking their wealth in dollar denominated assets or the stock market, for example. There's this illusion of prosperity that takes place with the stock market because at the end of the day. It's a Fugazi. It's an Italian oh, term for it. like a fake, a yeah. prod, a phony. Yeah. I learned about it on Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall a great Street, movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're talking about Wall Street. It's fake. It's Fugazi, right? Right. So yeah. it may appear as though the S&P 500 is going up in value, right? But in all reality, the purchasing power and the value of the United States dollar is going down. And in fact, it has right. been going down dramatically since the advent of the Federal Reserve, the central bank that currently governs mm-hmm. the United States monetary supply, And so the more money that you have created, the less that money is worth. And after COVID-19, Trump and Biden dramatically inflated. They debased the currency. Mm -hmm. We all experienced it and felt it. And they may say that the CPI is coming back to a good, healthy place, but you still feel it when you go to the grocery store or the gasoline pump. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a problem. That's inflation, right? It's taking away our purchasing power, and that affects everybody. Although it affects asset holders in some ways in a positive way, because as the value of the money goes down, some assets like real estate, for example, have a tendency to go up in value. Same thing with gold or with Bitcoin, right? And so the challenge is how do we protect our wealth? How do we protect our prosperity in a manner that isn't going to just have our hard work? and value be eroded away. So that's one piece, the inflation, but back to the dollar losing its status as a global reserve currency, that would have dramatic effects. It may even crash the United States economy, but we see BRICS, the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they're having this big summit here coming up and there's very much a lot of talk about them shifting to a different currency. There's Middle Eastern countries that are talking about, and some of them are even trading Mm -hmm. oil in other currencies as well after the Russia-Ukraine skirmish popped off and the United States and the Western powers put uh, sanctions on Russian oligarchs, many other countries and wealthy people in the world observed like, whoa, we don't want the United States or NATO to do that Mm -hmm. to us if our government goes rogue or starts a war or whatever. So the, the writing's on the wall that slowly but surely, not only are people in America losing faith in the US dollar, but other countries, other banks, other governmental cooperative organizations are also losing faith in the dollar so that's one problem and these two Mm -hmm. problems actually have the same solution so the other thing that i'm really concerned with that's going to be a dramatic change for everybody is this concept of a central bank digital currency so right now we have dollars we still have cash paper money we trade amongst ourselves that's very private right Mm -hmm. but most of the money that we use on a debit card (laughs) or sending money via paypal it's all digital But the big change that's going to come with central bank digital currencies is that the money will now be programmable. So, for example, let's say that there is an economic downturn. We're in a recession and the government wants to help stimulate the economy. Say you have $15,000 saved in the bank. Well, now they'll program that $15,000 to slowly lose value month after month. So you are incentivized to spend it before the $15,000 becomes $12,000, $10,000. Funny enough, that's already kind of what's happening with the money's value getting inflated away. On top of that, if you couple that with what I shared earlier, all this concern about climate change and carbon, if all of a sudden Americans, and this is really gonna take place more so in Europe and Canada before it's mainstream in America, but the way things are going, it's possible that this takes place in America. Every household has a personal carbon allowance. And if you exceed the amount of carbon, that your family is allotted, then perhaps when you go to purchase your plane ticket, it costs more, or maybe you're even barred from purchasing the plane ticket in the first place. Or maybe when you go to the gas pump, you have your digital thing, and it shows Mm -hmm. that you've driven more than you're supposed to in this current day, and there's a high carbon alert, something like that. So there's more control, they'll be able to manipulate people and socially engineer people's behavior. And so the CBDCs and the de-dollarization and inflation, all of these have one common solution, which is Bitcoin. I've been Mm -hmm. a big fan of Bitcoin for 10 years now. More and more, it's becoming mainstream. There's banks and hedge funds that are starting to invest in it. They're trying to put out a Bitcoin ETF. And essentially, this is a decentralized currency. Not only is it a way to send money from one country to another country without having to pay big Western Union fees or Mm -hmm. money remittance fees, But it's also a way to protect your wealth and to hold wealth in a way that cannot be controlled, cannot be confiscated. (laughs) Additionally, because there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin, it's hard coded into the Bitcoin code, the Bitcoin operating system, so to speak. It's a finite digital asset. Unlike the United States dollar, which can be inflated at the whims of the politicians, first given to the big bankers and the friends. So by the time it works its way through the economy, it's worth less, they have an advantage over everyone else. Mm -hmm. But this is something that cannot be inflated. A lot of people, a lot of institutions are beginning to see value in that. So I see Bitcoin as a key part of people's wealth protection strategies. I think that it has a lot of room to grow.
1: John, this is actually amazing. But before we go further, I want to take a step back. Dollar de-dollarization, right? There's a lot of talk about that right now. So hopefully, no one here is living under a rock and they've heard that there's a potentially that US dollar is not going to be the world's reserve currency. So let's talk about that for a second, just so that people can wrap their brain around because it's a pretty big thing. If that happens, it's a huge issue for somebody who's banking everything on the US dollars. So can we talk about why do we believe that there's a probability higher probability now than ever of that happening and what does it really mean for dollar to sure. lose the world's reserve currency
0: Yeah so the dollar's had a long arduous journey and you know after under FDR <clears throat> Franklin Delano Roosevelt in the 40s i believe the United States dollar was taken off of this gold standard so back then The amount of dollars in circulation had to have a consistent amount of gold backing it. And you could take those dollars and you could redeem them for gold. Mm -hmm. Well, this was a big issue because FDR went and confiscated, he issued an executive order, confiscated people's gold, right? Fast forward several years, right? We had World War II and the world is in chaos. So we fast forward, forward a handful of years and you had the Bretton Woods Agreement, which is agreement amongst nations that we would use the united states dollar we're no longer going to back the dollar with gold it will no longer be redeemed with gold but we're going to use the dollar as the global reserve currency meaning global banks can trade amongst themselves with dollars and we can trade assets like Mm -hmm. oil and weed and commodities using dollars countries are trading with dollars this helps
1: it became a proxy for gold
0: sure sure yes just Money that can be inflated indefinitely became a substitute for gold, which is finite and scarce and takes a lot of energy in order to pull out. A gold-backed currency was a good thing because it kept the politicians and the bankers in check. They can't just willy-nilly create new money to fund their programs or to bail out their buddies. And so now all of a sudden, we have the global reserve currency, the United States dollar. Interestingly enough, there's this great book called Ray Dalio. I forget the name of it, though. but Principles.
1: I think it's a new book, right? It's, his, uh, it's about the empires book. changing.
0: Yeah, I, I, I remember up. that. And he tracks these cycles of empire, principles for dealing with the changing world order. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. Principles for dealing with the changing world order. And he tracks these empires starting with Hungary and then Great Britain and then the United States. And there's these arcs and there's these common themes. One of them mm-hmm. is that these global superpowers <laughs> Are the global reserve currency. And he tracks them through all these trends. It's like greater education, the economy's growing. Because there's greater education, there's greater prosperity institutions are thriving they become the global reserve currency but then they begin to take on too much debt they begin to debase the currency and that starts to create economic problems then there's civil unrest even civil war and then there's a decline in that empire simultaneously all throughout history another empire is taking over that role as the global superpower and that country just so happens to be China right now but nonetheless the role of the currency is extremely important and can't be understated so Fast forward several years, the United States is not a good steward of this global reserve currency, and it's just constant, constant inflation of the currency. Of course, inflation doesn't mean higher prices. The higher prices are a result of increasing the money supply. Yeah. A lot of people have lost on a lot of people. It's really important to know. So everybody got these 1200 and $1,700 stimulus checks and thought that was great, but now we're paying the price for that by... Yeah increased goods and lower purchasing power. So that's where we are now. And after COVID-19, the money supply doubled. It's more money now than there was in all the previous years. And just yeah, a matter of a definitely. couple years. I think 40%
1: currency. of the money um, in supplies created in the last two years.
0: It's ridiculous. And that's having a major effect and major impact. So other countries are recognizing this. It's not just stuff that Robert mm-hmm. Kiyosaki's talking about, or yeah. Peter Schiff are talking about, right? Other countries and other banks are like, whoa, this is a big problem. We're seeing that they're able to manipulate the currency at our expense, right? There's currency wars and stuff taking place. And so the reason why this is more of a real prospect now is because you have cooperative alliances like BRICS, for example, these are really powerful countries brazil russia india china south africa it's not just some small rogue nation like libya or iraq perhaps which of course the iraq war and the libya skirmish that a lot of people speculate that has to do with them wanting to remove the dollar as Mm -hmm. the means of trading oil and that's not even speculation that's what happened basically um there's other reasons why those skirmishes took place but that's a key one so It's a big concern, and it's more real now than ever because there's big players that are talking about decoupling from the dollar, and there are some countries and some institutions that are doing so right now, and then we have this BRICS alliance, which would be a very powerful economic block. Should they all choose to use a different currency or create their own currency, it could have catastrophic effects because it could create a cascade of other countries, banks, and major corporations. And commodities markets now using that other currency yeah. as well so everybody's talking about it now you know it was some speculative thing back in the day but now there's right. major financial papers there's major institutions that are really really speculating on it i don't know we could hope that the us doesn't try to use its military might to ensure that other countries are keeping it but you know sometimes people realize the emperor wears no clothes so i do think that it's going to take longer than some people suspect it's not going to be an overnight thing because the U.S. does have a massive amount of trade capital that they can mm-hmm. throw around. And if all of a sudden a country is like, well, we're not going to use your dollar, then the U.S. could issue sanctions or they could say, well, we're not going to trade with you. All these commodities that we have been in the past uh, and that could be problems. But if a bunch of countries do it together and they're like, don't worry, let's all do it at the same time. And even if the right. U.S. throws a bit we'll still be able to make it. There may be some economic problems on the short term, but long term we'll be better off becoming independent of the United States. And it's not just the dollar, you can use the dollar, it comes with a lot of strings. And again, a big change that we hadn't seen in a while is a major country like Russia having those sanctions, which means like we are able to flex and control a nation because they have so much of what their wealth in dollars. It's a big problem. Everybody needs to be aware of it. And there are steps people can take to mitigate the risk to their wealth.
1: So let's talk about that. But before we go there, there's a lot that was covered so far. And we're about 30 minutes into the episode. So there's a lot mm-hmm. more that was covered. I don't expect everything to make sense for everybody. But I would highly encourage, at least the last 10, 15 minutes, we're really talking about the three major aspects that John just brought up, right? first was dollar de-dollarization. We're talking about central bank digital currency, and really more about the impact of climate control, climate change, and controlled carbon footprint. If you just look at these three, these three are the major movers. And if they all come to fruition, which there's a very high probability they will, there's no certainty, there's a very high probability now we have to figure out now you can agree or disagree and that's completely fine we respect that but if you agree with that if you have a slight chance of that happening let's dig a little bit deeper john what do we do i think you gave one solution away which is bitcoin so you basically remove the money out of the system where there's less control that's one definitely solution what are the other aspects because i know we were talking about food supply being a big issue right because that's one way to control. You cut off the food supply. Whoever controls the energy and the food pretty much controls the world. What do people do around these things? Do they grow on their own food? Is that the solution? Yeah, that's a great
0: solution. Henry Kissinger actually said something like, he who controls the money controls the people. You control the energy, you can control the whole nation. And when you control the money, you can control the world. Yeah. So, uh, that was Henry Kissinger. He actually opened up relationships with China, communist China and the United States. Food is a huge piece. Real quick, one thing, though, it's kind of like challenge not to believe what's happening because it's not like John Bush is just speculating or coming up with some theory. These massive institutions are talking about all of this stuff mm-hmm. right now. And for us to deny that, we're doing ourselves a great disservice. It sounds mm-hmm. far-fetched, some of this stuff. It was much more far-fetched talking about this stuff 10, 15 years ago. Uh, but after COVID-19, it's like a lot of this stuff really fast-forwarded. So um, it would be in everyone's best interest to look a little bit deeper into this stuff if it seems a little agree. weird or agree. far-fetched. Or if and they, John, if on, that,
1: on that point, um, before we go to solutions, because we talked about a sure. good segue into where can they learn more about this stuff? Because if they start Googling it, there's going to sure. be so much noise. Are there resources? I know you have great resources. We we're talking about some of the resources that your friends have uh sure. build some of those some of those resources
0: yeah yeah so uh, i'd love for folks to sign up for our email newsletter uh, we recently did a masterclass on how to overcome the great reset the financial aspects of it but uh libfree.academy/email is our website libfree.academy/email i'm a big fan of zero hedge zerohedge.com they have really love good financial that. information yeah. and they're not afraid they've been censored a lot they're not afraid to put out some really hard hitting provocative material, but they have a very good insight on inflation, on globalization, the Great Reset. They're like a straight shooter outfit. They'll tell you what's really going on without sugarcoating it. So I'm also a fan of a website called The Last American Vagabond, Last American Vagabond. They do a lot of articles and re- they have a really strong journalistic integrity. So if you read it on there, you know that they went and found the primary source material. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of people in the space that I come from, you know, we talk a lot about conspiracies. They just regurgitate what they see on another website. They don't go fact check it and, and dig a little right. bit deeper. So those are two resources that I awesome. highly encourage. We'll, but,
1: we'll, we'll make sure yeah. we include that. So give us in a quick snapshot, because I am we're running out of time here, but a quick sure. snapshot of. What's something else beyond Bitcoin that people can start paying attention to?
0: Yeah, you mentioned food, so it's really important to know how to access local, healthy, organic food. So we teach people about connecting with local farmers, local ranchers, setting up the garden in your backyard, or at least connecting with what's known as a community supported agriculture program. That's where you link up with the local farm, maybe pay $100, $200 a month, whatever it may be, and they get you a little box of vegetables every couple weeks. So yeah. you build a relationship with the local farmer because the food supply is very vulnerable. It's over-centralized. There's food yeah. that gets grown in South America, gets shipped to China to be packaged, then it comes back to the U.S. Wow. It's absolutely yeah. nuts. It's much better. It's much better for the environment if you're concerned about the environment, but right. much better for your health and the local economy. If you find and identify a local food producer, I'm definitely a big fan of real estate too. Uh having land underneath your feet. We're big fans of land. In fact, we're starting an effort to develop land, exit and build property exit and build property but we're gonna try to bring the people together to create eco-communities. Not only that, you know. You invest in multifamily apartments, you're putting your money into something physical, a physical yeah. act that's useful. You can touch it. Even if the market fluctuates, you still have a stake or ownership over a physical thing where there's always going to be a demand. Unfortunately, the way the housing markets and interest rates are going and the economy is going, there may be a shift away from owning your house into renting. So if people right. get into multifamily, they'll be poised to take advantage of that shift that's been taking place time and time again so i like land i like gold and silver Mm -hmm. i like bitcoin and i Mm -hmm. still think there's a lot of growth to be had in bitcoin don't invest more than you're willing to lose of course but i do think that it's a healthy move to at least have some of your portfolio allocated Mm -hmm. towards this decentralized digital asset I like real estate, and I'm a big fan of entrepreneurs. And I know that's yeah. one thing that's made this country great. Immigrants that have hard work ethic and a good head on their shoulders and a desire to benefit their family, they come here to America and start incredible businesses. So big fan of entrepreneurship or investing in other people's businesses mm-hmm. as well. I think all of these things will position people to successfully navigate the treacherous waters that we find ourselves in.
1: John, this has been great, man. This I have like Close to five-page words of notes, and I live and breathe this world, what uh, we talked about. So this is amazing. Thank you again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, I know we're running short on time, but this is a topic that's beautiful. So I will work with you offline to try to figure out what what can be offered to our listeners, which is a little bit more detailed. Sure. So we'll work Excellent. offline. Well, thank cool. you everyone for listening, and thank you for tuning in. I know your time is valuable, but this is a very interesting episode. If it didn't make sense, it's not because... John didn't make sense is because you probably heard it for the first time. Um, so remind it, read it, like us, subscribe us, and let's 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 figure out how to how to bring the back control to us instead of having somebody centralize the power and manipulate us. On that note, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. My great to our listeners, it is possible that you could defer paying high tax bill by completing a 1031 exchange and invest your real estate capital gains into a qualified replacement property. My friend, Ray DeWitt at Bangurta Financials is your single point of contact for 1031 exchanges and tax saving strategies. To learn more, call him at 801-312-9482. That's 801-312-9482. Or visit his website at 1031.bangerterfinancial.com forward slash 1031guy. If you got value from this
0: episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors
1: when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.